2: Dafe's probably one of the hardest working players we have on our defense. He's got a great motor, plays with a, a passion. Uh, he's an exciting young prospect. He has battled back for some injuries, and we think that uh, this is going to be a great season for him. We're very, very excited about what he brings to the table this year as one of our primary edge rush guys. You know, we've had discussions with Justin. He's a guy that obviously has put himself in a fortuitous position this year by the way that he played, had a great season for us. He's a valued player on the team, and we're hopeful that we can get a long-term deal done. That's Eric
4: DaCosta from the Scouting Combine earlier this week, talking about two guys that bring the pass rush, one more than Mm. the other, in terms of sacks. That's Mm. Justin Matabike with 13. Adafe Owe is where Eric DaCosta started in that clip, and... He's high on him to take the next step in year four. He's going to have to make a decision on his fifth-year option. You're talking about $12, $13 million fully guaranteed. Uh Not expecting that to uh, be picked up. But, oh, wait, he was banged up again last year. Had a stint on IR. Missed four games. He had five sacks, 23 tackles, 12 quarterback hits. Now, uh, DaCosta in another cut in that press conference, uh, talking about pressures, pressures, he was high up there with that. Sure, he was. Are you buying an Adafe
5: Owe breakout in year four? Look, I buy pressure, and I've talked about the way you, I got into it with you guys years ago when you're telling me he's going to have 12 and 14 sacks. Oh, and I like, had 2022, 20, yeah. I said. And I'm like, don't sacks. even get into that. Let's just yeah. see if he has an, a, a, a highly above average pressure rate. Like, let's see how he disrupts. Let's see if he causes opposing offensive coordinators to scheme for him at all. Let's see if he's getting chipped with regularity. None of that's happened. Um, I'm sure they have their own you know, territorial uh, data and their own algorithms and, and their own way of evaluating players, and, and maybe he is all-world there. But he ain't all-world in the true media world, in the – advanced analytics world, like he, anybody trying to sell him as an elite pass rusher is selling you a bag of you-know-what, and the proof will be in the pudding, right? They overdrafted him, and if they think he's what they're telling you he is, then they'll pick that fifth-year option up lickety-split because those guys get paid. And 12, 13, even 15 for a guy who you think is an elite pressure-generating edge defender— and we know he can wrap up and we know he, he like he's a solid player. But if he's what that clip told you he was, then that fifth year option will be picked up yesterday. And And I don't think I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be. So you can believe what they're selling you or they you can believe what they're doing.
4: We were talking about this a lot going into last season and luckily Jadavion Clowney Kyle Van Noy ended up bailing him out. We we thought that Adafe Owe and David Ajabo had to take big steps in twenty twenty three for this pass rush to really get after people, and neither of them did. Ajabo of course got hurt, but Jason, when you look at the pass rush as a whole in sacks that are currently not on the fifty three man roster. Nine and a half sacks from Clowney. Nine from Van Noy. That's 18 and a half. Patrick Queen, Brent Urban, they combined for six and a half. So it was at 25 right there. Arthur Millette had two sacks. So that's 27 sacks. I, I mean, 27 sacks right now from their league-leading, what, 60, are not
5: currently on the 53-man roster. It's a big problem. It's a big problem. And again... So now we add that layer to it. What was there? What's not under contract now? Who actually really generated elite pressure rates and elite sack rates? um, And what's their contract status? And when you factor that in, all the more no-brainer. Again, if he's who you're selling me he is, why haven't you extended him? I would be buying low and trying to extend him for five years. Like, your description of this player, which doesn't match what a lot of us who watch every single snap and have access to a lot of advanced media, would tell you is the fact. If that's the fact, where's his extension? Well, let's get cracking on it. You could do it now. Let's go. Oh, we shouldn't be talking about a fifth-year option. Let's, lo- let's lock him up. Well, to be fair, he's talking up his, his draft pick. That's fine. But to be fair, Patrick Queen turned into something, didn't he? Patrick Queen could still be here if they bought low on Patrick Queen. So... If you that if you're all about keeping your own, which is one of the main things he thumped his chest about when he took over for Ozzy, one of the main things he was going to improve, and you and you think you have a better read on this player than the media, than your fan base, maybe than other teams, then put Steve's money where your mouth is. Because all I know is you keep drafting people in the first round and they keep leaving here in three years. That's what I that's what I see.
4: To be fair, we haven't seen a fifth year option picked up under Eric DaCosta. I mean, that's just a fact. And who doesn't seem like that's going to happen this year, but he'll have two guys next year. But when, we'll find out. Bomb
5: and Hamilton. They're if, locks. Well, you take a center in the first round, he better be here for more than one contract. Yeah. I mean, I'd like you know if somebody's taking a victory lap about that, please. Please. Nice. The guy who won the Super Bowl and who's the all pro center went in the third round, which is where those guys go. Because the center's only really gonna ultimately do so much. But if you get a Pro Bowl guy in the first round, you're taking it. Really? Regardless of position? A Pro Bowl guy? I'm not. I'm not I wouldn't I'm not gonna concede that. At the end of the first round? I mean, he's a center. I think there's a value. A center or a guard? Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I think there's value considering uh, there's, the quarterback got a concussion. How many other how,
5: snap over, how, over how, how often are centers drafted in the first round? Not too often. There you go. You think there's a reason to that, or you think the league's just stupid? Probably a reason. hmm Okay. But with the pass rush.
4: They got to get they some. Gotta, they got to go uh, buy some. Yeah. And and they're going to have to get something from Oway because he's going to be here in 2024 without question, because he's still on his fourth year of his deal. And... Uh, The reality is he isn't probably going to be that double-digit sack guy that Ken and I were talking about in 2022. And, you know, you can talk about pressures as much as you want, and there obviously is value in getting pressure, but sacks are what changes games.
5: Well, look, you can look at this two different ways. Did Kyle Van Noy and... Jadavion Clowney, find the fountain of youth at the same time, um, or did maybe their spike in numbers have to do with the fact that a, there was a D-tackle here produced like Aaron Donald? Like, do you think, like, Chuck Smith got those guys turned around, one guy in year 9, one guy in year 11 or whatever, Like, and I love Chuck Smith, but do you think, like, they just – Ponce de Leon, this thing, and there's secret sauce in that building somewhere to get 30 something pass rushers to produce like they haven't in five or six years? Or do you think the fact that there was a bleep kicking D tackle who did generate, he generated edge pressure rates as a D tackle, as a five technique, and who also collapsed the pocket enough for himself to pick up 13 sacks? Like, I'm just saying, what do you think probably was the more impactful? Discovery or element in their ascent. Well, it certainly didn't hurt having Justin Matavike playing at right? an all pro and level so and it, it helped those guys go to heights we didn't think was possible. What did it do for Oway? He had five sacks, but a lot of pressures. No, not really. According to them. According to them. <laughs> That's according to them. Yeah. The guys whose pressure rates were off the charts were Van Noy and Clowney.
4: Yesterday, we talked about the NFL PA survey, the Ravens. They got a big jump from their strength coach going from an F- to a B. But what about the rest of the league? Uh, where did the Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs, finish in a lot of these categories? Who else uh, got beat up by the Players Association? We'll get into it in League at Large on the other side. It's Inside Access on the fan.
2: Inside Access. Inside Access 1057 the fan Inside Access to the National Football League All right, for a touchdown. NFL Insider Jason Lockonfora Ravens Insider Ken Wyman joining us
6: now the former Hall of Fame
4: coach Bill Cowher Boomer Esiason, the head
2: coach of the Los Angeles Rams Sean McVay and the host of BFD that's Baltimore Football Daily Tim Barbellese, the league at large. Sponsored by New Look Home Design. Need a new roof? Call New Look Home Design. Save 50% on roofing materials plus 0% financing until 2024. Visit newlookhomedesign.com or call 800 279 5300. 1057, LaFan.
4: Uh, yeah, well, uh, There was a question asked uh, at the press conference about the the practice facility, and it is certainly a a high priority for us. I have not had a chance to see the report. Did you you tell the players that that they would get a renovated locker room? Uh, Well, we did uh, completely renovate the locker room uh, here
5: in the stadium a a couple of years ago, so I'm not not sure which which locker room they're
4: referring
1: to.
5: I've met and spoken to Derek a number of times now, um, just trying to begin our relationship. I think it's really an important one. Uh, the head coach, the play caller, the quarterback, um, getting to know one another as people, kind of how we think, how we work. Uh, the football part of that will come later.
4: That was Josh McDaniels right there who came in last in the NFLPA survey when ranking the head coaches. And then prior to that was Clark Hunt, owner of the Chiefs. And <laughs> Which they, locker
5: room are you referring to? They, uh, uh,
4: let's start with them because the Chiefs got absolutely Drag. They got murderized. In in their survey. But before we get to them, we did put out a poll in regards to Adafi Owe. Mr. EDC was gushing about Owe at the combine and what a pressure generator he is. But what do your eyes tell you? Proof will be in the pudding if they pick up his fifth year option, or dare we mention it, extend him. Are you buying the Ravens rhetoric on Owe? Just put up the poll. IA one oh five seven the fan is how you vote on it. Super Bowl. He was fortieth.
5: Per true media, 40th just among linebackers, 40th in pressure, in pressure rate. rate among linebackers. Well, I'm not even, we're not, I'm not factoring in D tackles, I'm not factoring in uh, DNs, not factoring DBs. He's 40th. I seven among linebackers. Has, how you vote, which, is, on which is, is
4: fine. Solid, yeah, solid. As a fifth year option worthy, you can choose ownership for the Chiefs, F minus. Last team travel twenty seventh. Strength coaches twenty seventh. Weight room twenty third. Training staff last thirty second. Training room thirty first. Locker room twenty eighth. Nutritionist thirty first. Food cafeteria twenty sixth. Treatment of families eighteenth. And then the saving grace was Andy Reid who came in first in the. Thank survey. God for Big Red. I mean, if if the Chiefs could overcome all of that. And go back to back, Jason.
5: What what could they do if they were in the upper Think half? Think about if they didn't despise their guy who signed their paycheck. <laughs> yeah. This would really be a dynasty. They might never lose a game. They hate their own how about how about him pretending he didn't know which locker room you're referring to? <laughs> like, there's one locker room that you use five days a week, I don't know, six months out of a year. And then there's another locker room <laughs> that even if you make the playoffs, you use 11 times, maybe 12 times all year. Which one do you think the players care more about, yeah. billionaire Nepo baby? Well, they put in chairs.
4: Yeah. They put in chairs into the locker room. Yeah. That was the big addition. How
5: much money you think the Chiefs have made just on their playoff gates alone? Just on the extra playoff games, that the, the extra gates they've gotten from the playoffs just during the Patrick Mahomes era. Let's not even count that. Let's just say. And then, and then also add in their cut of the league's money for selling these playoff games, the extra ones, a la carte, just for $200 billion a game. Throw,
4: throw all that out the window. How about sales that you made from women... Who were Taylor Swift fans? Who were buying <laughs> all of your merchandise? Well, we can't really factor
5: <laughs> that in because yeah. this happened in the past. just predates T Swift.
4: Yeah, I guess. But
5: and this year they didn't. Right, this year they actually had to go on the road. I'm just saying, let's just count those dollars. And you don't have enough money. You couldn't come up with two hundred. How, how like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars would probably get it done. Like I got to think you get a pretty decent locker room. That'd be some nice I'm not chairs. talking about weight room. I'm not talking about sauna. Just the lo- like just the locker room. Yeah. And this guy promised they would do it, and they didn't do it. I mean, think about the balls on you. Like, you got handed this franchise by your daddy. Your daddy was the guy yeah. who blazed a path. Your daddy was the guy who helped soccer grow in this country. Your daddy was the guy who helped the AFL form. Your daddy was one of the key it's- parts in the merger. You were born into this, buddy. You weren't born at third base. You were born as a left-handed hitter in the right-handed batter's box. All you got to do is put your foot on home plate and you couldn't get Patrick Mahomes after all he's done for you? A proper locker <laughs> room? Think about that. They gave you an F-, minus, bro. Wake
4: up. Well, you mentioned the Nepo baby. Nick Corte, who does some work for OverTheCap.com, he used a GPA scale. Teams directly purchased, like Steve Bishotti did with the Ravens and he ranked very high, got a 3-1-8. Hmm. Teams that were inherited... Get a two-two-three, 2, two three. So That's pretty interesting and not surprising. Grade. A full letter grade difference in the average there.
5: Well, and there's somewhere the family inheritance for a period of time. Like the Seahawks, right? Paul Allen passes his sister, who wasn't really that involved in it, oversees the trust for a period of time. Then eventually for tax purposes, they reach a point where they're going to sell the whole thing. So, like, it's one thing if somebody, I guess, kind of ran it like a business then. But, like, Amy Adams Strunk with the Titans, who gets handed the team from Bud, who wasn't a good owner, who moved the team right to, to there from Houston in the first place, and she still lives in Houston. She doesn't even really live in where the team is, and now she's trying to get a billion dollars out of the taxpayers around Nashville to build her a new stadium. Like, I've been to their facility. Their facility sucks. She hasn't put anything into their infrastructure.
4: Some other highlights or lowlights, however you want to see it. The Bucks. In their uh, locker room, it was described as unclean and smelly and said
5: they regularly saw bugs in the showers. These, these billionaires, the Glazers, should be ashamed of themselves. If they had shame, this, they should be shameful. Now, now, this is a wild just
4: throw-in that the Broncos had from its reports. Players feel like they lack an individualized workout program from their strength coach.
5: Well, we heard that here a year ago. Yes. We did not hear this.
4: And reported that there were multiple cars stolen from the parking lot of the mandated
5: team hotel during camp. Multiple. How many cars are we I talking about? Think here? about these people are printing cars? money. They're playing games in Germany now. They're playing games in Brazil. get them in a parking garage? They can't hire somebody? Like... <laughs> Give somebody, I mean, and give them a living wage. They could afford to give somebody $50 an hour to sit there and make sure nobody's car gets stolen. Are are we talking
4: multiples in two? Are we talking multiples in five? I mean, how many cars is enough where they're like, All right, this is just a one-time thing. What the hell? And then some F-minuses given out. These are all F-minuses. Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, and commanders for treatment of families. So two AFC North teams, Bengals and Steelers, F minus.
5: Uh-huh. They've ba- been known to, to be chinchy over the years. like they're not big spenders.
4: Bengals also got an F minus for their food and cafeteria and their nutrition dietitian. Hmm. Commanders, they got an F minus for the locker room and training room. And the Falcons got an F minus for their strength coaches, and like we opened with, the Chiefs got an F minus for ownership.
5: And McDaniel's got an F, right? We heard from McDaniel's they yes. talking about Derek Carr. Yeah, um, the, these people need to do better. I mean, again, it, it's it's they're holding America's pocketbooks hostage with what they keep doing with ticket prices and prices for beer, and now you've got to watch games. you got to subscribe to Peacock and this or that just to watch games that used to be for free. Do better, people. Do better, billionaires. Pay your taxes, you frauds. Coming up next, Peter
4: King. NBC Sports. He has covered the NFL for a long, long time, and now he is going to enjoy retirement. He announced that on Monday. I want to know, uh, what is the moment that sticks out The most from him, whether it's an interview or a game. What was that biggest, best moment of Peter King's career? We're going to ask him that next. It's Inside Access on the fan.
2: Inside Access on the fan.
4: Everyone has some columns some stories that are must read material and for a ton of people for a long time that was peter king's monday morning quarterback for nbc sports and peter king announced on monday morning quarterback uh, his column earlier this week that he is going to retire
0: Redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours.
2: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
4: And, Peter, you know, you've experienced a lot of different things throughout your career. I just want to know, is there a particular moment or moments or a story, specific interviews that you could look back and say that... You know, that was probably the coolest thing that I've done in my career.
6: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I thought it was, I don't know, one of the things that I thought was really fun was, um, honestly, was going to, uh, uh, was was going, doing a story on a week in the life of an officiating crew in 2013. You know, when I went and visited uh, five members of Gene Steratore's officiating crew during the week and then was with them during the game in the locker room beforehand and, and then at the game and then in the locker room afterwards Uh, because you know, one of my, one of my things that I always was that I always really wanted to do. I had a journalism professor at Ohio university who said, your job is to take people where they can't go and tell them things that they can't know you know, without you. And so I always felt that if I could do something, you know, I took a bus ride across the United States with John Madden when he was at his peak. Those are the kind of things I really, really enjoyed doing because at the time, people just couldn't do those. And so I took a lot of pride in illuminating things about the game that people didn't know.
5: You know, Peter, uh, first of all, congratulations um, on your career and and your decision. Of course, I I was sort of reflecting on your career and like, you know, people could do different things at different times in history and like not much would change. Right. Like maybe if you covered football for 30 years between 1920 and 1950, like, you know, the way the game was covered, the game itself, not monumental change, like the confluence of your career both through how the media evolved and exploded. And I'm sitting here watching some dude I've never heard of run a 40 right now <laughs> on the NFL network, and there's millions of people around the country watching that, right? Like, just to see the game explode and the media explode, like, to think back to where those things were when you started to now, it's, it's got to be kind of crazy.
6: Well, when you think about it, Jason, in 2000, when I went to the scouting combine in Indianapolis, uh, the NFL – desperately did not want us there yeah. it was like me and clayton and len pascarelli rick gossel and a few others max there was 20 there might have been 15 right but, and last year there were 1241 <laughs> credentialed media at the scouting combine and so okay it's a generation that's 23 years or whatever 20 20 something years so that's quite a bit of time but I don't know what else increases, uh, by 50 fold, or I don't even know what that is, but it's a lot. Um, and I think what, what it's meant, honestly, is that because there are just so many people covering the game, you know, what it's meant is that the people who've covered the game for a long time and who, who have sort of a baseline of knowledge and have some pretty good sources, in and around the game, you know people, you you know, I've met Andy Reid in 1995 when he was the tight ends coach in Green Bay. Right. So people say, geez, how did you get to spend 10 minutes with him alone after the game with your videographer in his office telling the story of the winning play in the Super Bowl? Well, I've known the guy right. for 29 years. And so that that really becomes... More important than ever. And, and, you know, honestly, if I, if Sports Illustrated hadn't hired me in 1989, I would have been just a guy. Because Sports Illustrated in 1989, 90, was was having a Sports Illustrated reporter in there was bigger than having Sal Palantonio right. and Jeff Darlington in there these days. Because Sports Illustrated was bigger than ESPN. It was the biggest thing in the media back then. That was a humongous help to me. And so, look, I just happened to come along at the right time, work my rear end off, and good things happened.
5: But there's also just the way stories are told, right? Because like your thing with Andy Reid, you could do that on your phone now, right? But when you're covering the Bengals and something happens and you're on the road in the middle of the night, you're trying to find a payphone to call in a correction to your story.
6: Well, here's the other thing, Jason, that is absolutely crazy, that... In 1996, Brett Favre, uh, on a Thursday morning, was going to take a private plane to Topeka, Kansas, to go into rehab for a Vicodin addiction. And on Wednesday night, he called me. And he told me, and I interviewed him, and told me the whole story. And the craziest thing of all, that was 1996. There was no internet then. There might have been an internet, but... I didn't start writing Monday morning quarterback until late 97. So there really was no outlet for me to tell the story for six days. I sat on that story for six days, just praying that nobody else talked to Brett Favre. And that is how the media has changed today. uh, That would have been, that, that story would have been everywhere on that Wednesday night and probably Thursday morning and at noon on Thursday everybody would have moved on. Right. All right. What's next? You know, and uh, obviously in the span of, you know, 25 years or so, the world uh, has been flipped on its head. Uh,
4: Peter, what about the on-field product? I mean, you've gone to 40 consecutive Super Bowls and just how this game has evolved over you know, the past three, four decades at this point. Do you like the direction it's going, all the changes that have happened?
6: Well, I think the NFL has to be extremely careful because Roger Goodell, Rich McKay and the competition committee, the coaches, they have to be extremely careful because uh, starting in about 2010, when players like James Harrison were just lighting guys up and all they were getting until that point was 15-yard penalties right. and maybe getting a fine. But then the NFL started coming down hard on those things. Players went nuts. Uh, Kevin Mowai, the union president at the time, in 2010 said the league office should take the skirts off. I mean, and but the NFL knew. They knew at that time, that, that problems were coming. Huge problems were on the horizon. Soon after that, uh, Dave Dewerson killed himself because he was having such mental issues at the time. 2012, Junior Seau, 43 years old, a great American hero, killed himself. And you know what? They both shot each other, they shot, uh, Seau shot himself, uh, Dave Dewerson shot himself in the chest. You know why? Just they wanted their, heads, brain. their yeah. brains to be examined. And good for them. And they were riddled with CTE. And that is, to me, around 2010, 11, 12, 13, really the line of demarcation when the league said, okay, if we don't watch it, there is going to be no football by 2030. Because what parent in his or her right mind would send their child start to play tackle football at age eight nine ten it'd be it'd be crazy so i think i think the league has really gotten better in that regard although it has to be a constant battle and then i think i think the other thing on the field is and again this is tangentially on the field but i i think the league uh really in its embrace of sports betting sports gambling uh really had better be careful because there are going to be so many lives ruined. And you know what they're all going to say five, six, eight years from now? Well, when I watched the NFL back in 2023, 24, 25, uh, every three seconds there yeah. was a huge gambling ad. Come on, gamble here. You can get this free, free $200 in, after your first bet. You know I mean? It's just, it's like, it's like, come on for alcoholics. Hey, here, just have one drink. So Look, that's a little bit harsh. I understand people are going to gamble. I get it. It's not illegal. So what really the NFL can do? But man, the NFL has gotten in bed with the gambling companies pretty darn fast. Uh, yeah, it's pretty,
5: pretty remarkable reversal there. Before we let you go, I, I've asked a lot of people these questions over the years and they often say the same thing, the people, you know, what are you going to to miss most when you move to a different part of your career, a different segment of your life? But like outside of that, Peter, like what, what do you th- sort of, what part of this is the hardest to let go of? Is it those 5am drives into work with, with a coach or hanging out with territories crew, the kind of stuff that like, yeah. you know, not many people get to do? Or is it going to be kicking it in the press box, um, you know, at halftime of a Super Bowl? Like, what do you think is going to kind the, of be
6: the last you know, the sort biggest of pull? Thing, the biggest thing I'll miss by far is, you know, I went to Kansas City training camp last year in St. Joseph, Missouri. Let's say it was August 7th. I don't know what day it was, but it was one day. And I had a half hour with Andy Reid. And at the end of the conversation, I said, Hey, Andy, when you win the Super Bowl this year, I want to do the same thing I did this past year when you told me the corn dog story right. uh, and how you beat the Philadelphia Eagles with those uh, pass routes uh, run by Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore. And I want to do that again this year when you win the Super right. Bowl. So he smiled and looked at me and kind of chuckled and he said, All right, <laughs> we'll do it. And, you know. It's one thing to say that, but I knew I had that at that moment. And look, I asked several other coaches the exact same thing. Hey, would you win the Super Bowl? And I would show people my video with Andy right. Reid alone in his office after the game last year. So, so anyway, I will miss planting seeds, mm. babysitting it throughout the year, reminding coaches through the year. Uh, reminding Kyle Shanahan when I rode to work with him, hey, when you win the Super Bowl, we're going to spend just five minutes after the game, me and my videographer with you. Okay, okay. So those, and then walking out of Andy Reid's office knowing that Mm. we got it. We got it. Those are the things I'll miss. Those are the things I won't be able to replace.
4: Well, Peter King, congratulations on an unbelievable career, and and thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for all the stories you've told, brother, and and, and enjoy this. Hey,
6: thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. You got it, Absolutely.
4: Bud. You got it. Hall of Famer Lucy Bird, she's going to be joining us at the top of the hour, but coming up next, it's TMI. If you haven't seen this story, it's really gone viral within the past 24 hours. The Willy Wonka-inspired experience that was a massive scam. I mean, it was pretty much like Fire Festival, if you've seen that documentary on Netflix. We'll get into it more on the other side, but I want to hear from the people. 410-583-1057. You ever gotten scammed? What is the worst scam that you were a part of that you got scammed? 410-583-1057. That's next on Inside Access.
2: Inside access on the fan. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass.
6: I'm in a glass case of emotion.
2: TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside access. 1057, the
3: fan.
4: Want to hear from the people, 410-583-1057. You ever gotten scammed? How bad? Do you know someone who's gotten scammed? Look, we always hear about old people. You got the robo-callers that try to, and they just give away their credit card to whoever. I I don't understand. 410-583-1057. Reason I'm asking this question. A Willy Wonka-inspired experience was a scam so bad that police were called. And this happened in Scotland, Jason. Yes. Where it, it was promised extraordinary props, oversized lollipops, paradise of sweet treats, all promoted with dreamlike candy-colored images on its website. So it was $44.40 for tickets. And by Saturday afternoon, the experience had been canceled. Local police confirmed the NBC News... That they were called to the scene after attendees who felt con began demanding refunds. And this was a whole, like, fire festival thing. They generated AI, going back to AI ruining the world from months and yes. months ago, maybe a year ago. Uh, AI produced images of this, like, Wonka experience. Two actors were paid $500 each, and they were given scripts that AI generated gibberish and it was just a mess i mean you just google willy wonka experience the pictures are hilarious it's like in this like weird mall guest hall thing with like a couple posters and it was a joke so i want to hear you ever gotten scammed and for me i guess it was a couple i was buying a car off craigslist which i guess was my there first you go. mistake i was That you're seven- already you're
5: in the hornet's <laughs> I, nest i was 17 years old okay I needed something cheap. Your dad dad wasn't like, eh, you might not want to buy it on Craigslist. I found a $2,500 Kia in
4: 2013, 2012. You know, Tim, they
5: have like stores where they sell cars too.
4: (laughs) I was on Craigslist, went to this guy's house, gave him a $500 check, never heard from him again. Thankfully, he didn't cash the check. Then I was an idiot and bought a car warranty for the car that I have now because I bought it from Hertz and of course everyone at the station is giving me crap oh you're buying a rental car it's gonna break down I would recommend Hertz to anyone I got a great deal on my Mazda and haven't had to put a penny into it and I lost hundreds of dollars on that car warranty because that business went under never got my money back it's currently in a class action lawsuit Jason you have any scams
5: I mean, (laughs) the the thing that came to mind to me, I really don't know that I should stay on that. You should, please. It it was freshman year college. There were adult videos. We were (laughs) reading, I think it was a Rolling Stone. They used to have these ads in the back of Rolling Stone. This is the early 90s. And it was like an ad for like, it said 100 video vixens. And it was a... We thought a compilation that was going to be exhaustive. We thought we were buying, like when you have like the Time and Life series songs from the 60s, yeah. we thought we were going to a get catalog. like a... For what they charged, which I think was like $100 at the time, yeah. like a bunch of us on our dorm floor, all pitched in 10 bucks. I think I sent the check, and we purchased this thing for like $100. It was a lot of money in the early 90s. Sure. We thought we were getting the comprehensive, volumnic set of the best work of these individuals. When it arrived, it was just one videotape with, like, 100 highlights. Like, it wasn't even a regular, like, 60-minute videotape. I think it was, like, 100 bodies of work in, like, 30 minutes. It was a blur. It was like somebody ran through all these movies all fast forward. <laughs> So we, we, but we had like a viewing party. Like we had like 20 people in my dorm when we finally like put it in the little VHS for the first time. You couldn't time. even get a you couldn't even finish two beers. It was over. You maybe
2: that was like the preview video.
5: And that was all we ever got. <laughs> you got no plot, nothing to work on. Oh, of. no. It was, I mean, this was like, <laughs> it was heavily edited. And again, it was maybe like 27 minutes in totality. That's hilarious. 410 583 1, 100 5, video 7. Vixens. Our forget.
4: guy, Trippy. What's
3: up, Trippy? Hey, what's going on? Hello? <laughs> what's up, <Hey> there? <laughs> my bad. I was over here trying to tweet, man. My man, JK, he's coming back. But look, right. Um, what's that? What happened? Scamming. Say it again. JK, he just posted a video. Check my tweet.
4: JK. Oh, hey. oh Penning for He is running right now. I, I see the video right uh, now. Okay. Okay.
3: But look, though, right, um, I want to talk about how I got scammed by three dudes. You know, I thought they was my guys yesterday, man. You know, they told me take Maryland Moneyline line yesterday. That's oh, <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right. Careful right. who you listen to, that's Trippy. That's hilarious, Trippy. Yeah, yeah. He look, he but, tweeted at us. I I Ken and I said money line
3: and yeah. No, go no, with the no. I good. You know, y'all my guys. Yeah, though. But look, yeah. let me tell you about the time I got. You say in. that to everybody. This, this was two years ago, right? So week eighteen, I went to Cincinnati, right? So usually I'll buy my tickets, like, ahead of time. So I said, let me try, you know, the app before the game. But, you know, couldn't go to sleep. You know, happy in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Saw somebody selling the ticket. So, you know, I said, look, I'll give you half now. And once you send the ticket, I'll send you the other half. Yeah. So, you know, like, on Ticketmaster, they like I actually on Ticketmaster, I never received the email or something about this. So I got something saying, hey, is a transfer fee for sixty plus dollars X Y Z. Oh man! So I straight told the dude I was like, bro, can I get my money back? He just kept sending me stuff and all this. So I said, forget it. So I posted it on Twitter. Long story short, somebody was like, hey, trippy man. I love what you do, <laughs> man. I got a ticket for you, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Him, oh, there you I go. Out, though, That's trippy. good karma. That's, That's great, that trippy man. karma. I love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, trippy. brother.
4: One more, real quick. Matt in Baltimore. Matt, you're on the fam. What's going on, fellas? What's up,
3: hey Hello?
5: What's going on? <laughs> oh! Whoa, 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 hey, did hey, we catch that?
4: Right. Okay, man. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. Coming up next, Hall of Famer <laughs> Lucy Burge is going to be joining us. We will get her thoughts on the Willy Wonka experience and also mascots. She has a strong opinion on whether or not they should
1: talk. That's next on Inside Exit.